This is a place for storytellers, a place where thoughts, dreams, and ideas come to life. Join me on my journey to unearth the real stories behind real people. No labels, they're just humans. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of They're Just Humans. This is episode number 35, and today my guest is Josh Darren. Josh and I met at an event last month. I was there to take pictures, and Josh was there to speak. And this event that we were at is called Strange Escapes, and these are basically paranormal vacations all around the country. These events are a mix of guest speakers, like I said, who share very knowledgeable information about the paranormal world. Also, you get to investigate at these haunted locations that you are at, and you meet a lot of amazing people, and there's always a really, really fun party. So, we met, Josh and I met at this event. This one was at the Belvoir Winery in Liberty, Missouri, which I highly recommend. Fabulous place, fabulous people. So, Josh and I, this was our first time going to the Belvoir. This was Josh's first time at a Strange Escapes event. And I knew the people that I was going to be around, but Josh was kind of a fish out of water and was just kind of tossed in. But he wasn't really a fish out of water because he was just with all like-minded fish. Me included. So what does Josh do exactly? Well, he's a paranormal historian researcher. That's what I'm going to call him because I don't even know if he has a title. But he does introduce himself, so he's going to say all that. But just to give you an idea of who we are speaking to today, it's this is what he does. Anyway, without further ado, Welcome, Josh. What's up? Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Doing pretty good, good to see you. Good to see you too. So, Josh, do you prefer Josh or Joshua? Because every time I look you up, <laughs> that sounds <laughs> stalkerish. <laughs> it comes up as Joshua. Um... I think most people like just default to Joshua just because like it's it's where my name is, but I honestly don't care at all. Um, it it all comes up the same. It, it you can still find me either way. Um, and honestly, I've been called so many different things throughout my lifetime. Like my name is like the least of the least of my concerns. I know people are like, I am not Stephanie. I am Steph, or I am not you know Robert. I'm a uh, I'm Bob. So I'm not that person. I don't care what you call me as long as it's not mean. I, yes, I like that answer. I just didn't. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know if you were that person. I didn't want to sit here being like, Josh, 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 and you being like, it's actually I prefer Joshua <laughs> with the I mean, accent it's, it's, on the A. And it's no slight to anybody who is. No, I just like, personally, you know, yeah. I don't care. So why don't you you can introduce yourself in your own words then. Um, Joshua Darren. I am a content creator and I guess like a unlicensed historian and researcher less historian more researcher and uh 
really like the paranormal, talk about the spooky stuff, the history stuff, the true crime stuff, and uh, like to throw an inspirational quote out there a time or two. Um, yeah, that's pretty much me. I have um, a coffee shop and uh, I'm very busy. So that's uh, <laughs> that pretty much wraps me up in a, in a good, good, tight little bow. Yeah, you're a man of many hats, a human of many hats. You you do a lot of things, which is awesome. Where did your love for the paranormal and what you're doing with your research, where did that stem from? Yeah, so this started when I was a child. So this goes all the way back to childhood and probably my earliest memory. I had a ton of experiences as a kid. For some reason, the paranormal either followed me or just we just happen to just pick places to live and be where paranormal things happen. And it's not all bad. There's some really cool stuff that's happened to me in the meantime, but um, it started there. And so that kind of piqued my interest in, and I, I, I wanted to just learn more. So I would ask my parents, I'd ask our pastor, I'd ask a whole bunch of people about like, Hey, you know, what are these experiences that I'm having? What does that mean? What, what is this? And nobody could ever give me a clear answer. They actually did the exact opposite. So instead of giving me an answer, they would shy away from it and they would tell me not to worry about it. And they'd label everything evil and demonic, which as a Gemini, a peak Gemini, an early Gemini, you can't tell me you don't know something that I clearly know you know something about because that's just going to make me explore and be curious. So outside of my experiences, now I've been given the the seed to go and explore it and and learn about it myself so i started watching documentaries i was glued to the history channel and watching uh you know loch ness monster docu uh, documentaries and how did they build the pyramids and aliens and there's this ufo documentary or how did these people get these pictographs or petroglyphs at this area when there's no possible way that they could have climbed there and why are they, why are they depicting spaceships and and people getting lifted in the air you know so it's it started there and that just kind of like that just kind of kept the ball rolling downhill so i think i came at a really cool time too where uh in the mid 2000s as well there was just a a ton of paranormal and cryptid based documentaries coming out like that was i feel like that was also the peak for that too where i was finally starting to become mainstream discovery would start playing this non-stop like just back to back and then you have ghost hunters and ghost adventures and you have josh gates doing his thing and you have so many different people now entering the space and now it's like this whole little section so me growing up especially at like the time where i'm, I'm learning about myself and figuring myself out like this just intertwined with who i am so fast forward um i, I see the ghost brothers on tv i see that they're people who look like me doing this which is not something that's common in the south and uh in particular and they're just kind of really candid about their experiences and how they grew up and they also grew up in church and how now they're exploring this and it just kind of one thing led to another and i was like i can do this too so i'm gonna take the research that i've already done add to that do it even better and push this out to other people who might need some representation to help pull them out into into the uh the paranormal sphere and um i've been hooked in creating content around it ever since and i probably won't stop for a very long time you'll always have stories to tell because there are endless amounts of them out there um, literally <laughs> literally 
what is it like in this in that part of the country because i didn't grow up there i don't you know i don't i don't know um what's the response been is it kind of like split with what you're doing or are there people still heavily like no that's the demons that's the devil's work because you're in a heavy (laughs) bible bell area is that uh, what they call it the bible belt yeah, the Bible Belt. Yeah, Bible Belt, Black Belt, all that good stuff. Um, it's it's that's a great question because it's been kind of mixed, to be completely honest. So for the most part, I would say that the reception has been pretty positive, and I think it's mostly because I'm doing something publicly that people have been doing privately and just haven't felt comfortable talking about it or sharing or doing it themselves. So on that end, it's been actually kind of shocking to see so many people who are rooted in. Christianity and just kind of deeply embedded in her very like angels, demons, that's it. Give me stories or talk about their experiences or share my stuff and say, yeah, I had an experience like this or, oh, wow, this is cool. I want to go there. It's kind of a, it's a weird dynamic because in the South, you know, it kind of goes back to my childhood. They don't like to talk about it. It's a very fearful driven kind of thing. So I think that from there, it's been good to see people kind of come out of their own shells in real time with the community that I've built. But on the other side, there are tons of people as well. I would say a lot less. It's maybe 70, 30 who are like, this is BS. I don't know why you're doing this. Or I get the occasional, hey, you know, Jesus loves you, right? And I'm like, oh my God. First of all, <laughs> me uncovering these stories has nothing to do with like what I believe or how I believe it. And you doing this is is actually like counterproductive to the point that you're trying to make because you can't just shield everything with Jesus and then just walk ignorantly throughout the world. You have to know that there's more out here than just you and Jesus and demons. It just is. And you've probably had experiences to show you that there's more than just you and Jesus and demons. So it's uh it's very mixed, but it is cool to like go into my coffee shopper randomly go somewhere in Alabama and somebody says, Hey, like I watch your TikToks. That's always kind of, it's, it's kind of trippy to be honest. And there are, there are people who I would not expect to pull me aside and say that, um, because they look nothing like me. And, uh, you know, there's the whole stigma, like, you know, the opposite of me can be kind of scary in, in, in Alabama sometimes. And that's kind of true sometimes, but, um, this is my long winded way to say that it's pretty good for the most part. And then sometimes it can be really just trashy overall. Like anything. Like yep. any, yeah, any <laughs> you're always going to have the people. Um, wait, what do you, do you say all that stuff to the people that are like, Jesus loves you? What do you say to them? I actually never, I rarely respond actually. Um, just because I know where that goes. And I know that as soon as I start kind of saying like, Hey, like let's be a little bit more open-minded here and not you know shove jesus down everybody's throats um i know it's going to be like oh well you should if you're and because i have a church background i am christian believing but i'm kind of like anti-culture christian so that also puts me in a whole different tier of like how people view me as well um even people who are also christian believing so that goes down the whole debate and honestly like my platform's not for theology I'm I'm really not trying to to get into like oh well Jesus said this and the Bible says this like it's 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 also counterproductive and I know that's where those conversations 
always go. I've done it like once and I was like, okay, this is going to be a common thing. So I just ignore it. And then I actually engage with people who really just want to be here and have questions or want to talk about it. Mm. Yeah. That's all you can do, right? Yeah. Theology debates are the absolute worst because sometimes like theology is very unsound and now you have like a whole thread of, of stuff that people are like perpetuating and I'm like, I also don't want people to come here and then perpetuate these things that have been said and then take that. And now we have more people who are like, hey, Jesus loves you. You know, you don't have to. I, I just I'm trying to do, do the reverse of that and, and not create that kind of environment uh, with at least my stuff. We don't have to default to Jesus and whoever yep. is doing that. That's just all they know. And Hopefully, through your research and everything that you're doing, people will learn a little bit more and maybe some of that fear of whatever will go away for them because they're like, oh, I don't know. There's more than just Jesus, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I will say like on that note, too, and I believe we've talked about this before, but this has made me more open minded about the spiritual realm as a whole. And honestly, I feel like my relationship with the the higher power that I believe in has gotten even stronger because I realized that there's just so much out there that I don't know and I don't understand. And it's not black and white the way people want it to be. And honestly, I feel like it's more comforting that things aren't black and white because now it's like, okay, I don't understand. I can go and investigate. I can go and ask questions and I can feel comfortable and safe in my own home and feel good about my relationship with my higher power. You know what I mean? And mm. um, not have to be so caught up in like, it's it's one it's one way or the highway. It being one way or the highway is, 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 it actually, I feel like it takes away freedom, um, especially and, uh, especially in connecting with other people too. Because if you're only seeing in one way, then you're only going to see people in one, one way. And that's not fair to people. And you're kind of doing a disservice for whatever gifts you were given to connect with people. So, Josh, have you ever had an experience in life when you had to be brave? Um, I've had a lot of those experiences. I feel like my life is nothing but me having to be brave um, for everything. Uh, parenthood. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big one. That's a big um, one. Going into like my first like real career job, I was a big one. Um, but in spite of all that, I think my and I talk ad nauseum about this. Um, was moving across the country that was the first time that i think it took some real bravery to do just because most of my family has never left the south let alone the state and i've always had kind of support like if a tire went out i always knew i could have help like if uh i don't know uh, a lightning storm came through and destroyed all of our electrical i knew i had help um if i broke down two hours outside of where i live like i knew i always had help so when I moved to Colorado, that was probably the biggest time I've had to like just show some just straight up bravery, um, not knowing anybody, uh, trying to form real relationships with people um, in a place where I don't know anybody, which is hard, especially as an adult. It's probably the hardest thing you could ever choose to do. Um, I had to basically solely rely on myself for everything um and figure it out and i think that it's it's kind of like oh it's just moving josh but when you come from like the southern culture too and you go into a place like colorado it's such a culture shock too because they don't 
they don't operate the same way that you do. Um, they know how to drive better than you do. Um, everybody literally um, drove better than I did. <laughs> it, was, it was a very self-aware, self-accountability Why? moment. Um, they just use all of their turn signals. They don't um, like drive into the second lane when they're turning. They actually give you space when they move over. Like it's a whole thing. I was just like, wow, like. So I'm they're driving trash. like normal people <laughs> and you're driving like a nut. <laughs> yep. They like drive the speed limit. It's like, it's a, it was weird. I was like, so I'm used to driving like, you know, I have a heavy foot and I kind of, you know, I don't have road rage, but it's close. Um, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just the nature of driving in the South. You kind of have to, because if you don't drive like that in the South, like you're going to get, you know, mauled in the middle of the street because everybody else is driving crazy um great i'll never drive down there or get in a car with you clearly <laughs> jeez i'm pretty safe it's just you know you know maybe sometimes i forget a turn signal you know maybe sometimes i'm like trying to get somewhere real fast that is one of my pet you know? peeves i will say <laughs> like my husband doesn't use a turn signal and i'm like will you use your blinker like you are such a jerk to all the other people that would like to know that you're turning. <laughs> yeah, so that's a that's a Leo thing for sure. Um, because driver, it's, it's my wife wife hates being in the car with me, and I'm like, it's all good. I've never been in an accident. We're all good. Like we get we get there in one piece. Like I forgot a blinker. You know, so what? She's like, well, if you use your blinker, then maybe you wouldn't have had to speed up the way that you had to to get over to get in the lane and maybe you somebody would have slowed down or they would have sped up so you and i'm so it's a thing um mm -hmm. she hates my driving so uh that that checks out so you actually probably would also hate my driving so um, her and i should probably just go on a road trip and be comfortable pretty much y'all yeah. be the safest drivers ever yeah um <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so i i would say that you know moving to colorado was probably the time I had to be the most brave just because it, it was a complete life change. And I was still in kind of the process of figuring out who I was as a person too. So now I'm changing my entire life. Uh, we're going out here to do stuff we've never done in an environment we've never been in. So we had never been to the Southwest ever. So uh, it was cold. It was, it, I, I honestly didn't feel like I fit in uh, for about two weeks until I realized like, Everybody over here is, these are my kind of people right here. Uh, and so that from there, like we had things to relate to. They didn't care where I was from. They just cared that I was just being a decent human being who cared about other people. And um, it kind of showed that, you know, sometimes you got to take that step that's really scary and it pays off because that was the next step that you needed to do for your own personal growth. Mm. How come you moved to Colorado? Um, my, my wife ended up getting a, a job in Cheyenne, Wyoming, which is another place we had to, uh, move eventually. And I was working remote at the time. So we just said, F it. Like we've been traveling all over the country, might as well like move all over the country now. And so we just, we packed up and drove across the country, um, within like two weeks. That's insane. Um, how did you find your people? Um, it really just started, honestly, it started with like the arts community. So I had a loose connection. And when I say a loose connection, it was loose. Um, somebody that I barely knew 
and I mean barely. Like we we crossed paths on social media, and um, I was I was a little wary because you know Colorado is known for some really wild stories um, with people who barely know each other. So that was also another thing. Um, <laughs> and so I just said, hey, like I'm here. Like we we've, we've kind of talked. Like you're a cool dude. I'm a cool dude. Let's just go to a wing place. Let's just let's just get to know each other. Um, and as you've learned, I love talking. So, um, I was a little nervous that day and I was like, all right, let's do it. And now this guy is like one of my best friends. Um, I, he's, he's literally like a family member at this point, but we, we met and I was like, yeah, people are, people are kind of cool here. He was everything that he was on social media. Like, so was I, um, we had, uh, mutual friends and, um, it started there. We just met. I was just literally just taking the time to go and talk to somebody um, and kind of taking off that skin and not being so scared of everything. And from there, like he introduced me to some of his, his people. I started just going out and like downtown and like randomly talking to people um, that I, you know, saw like we were sitting at a restaurant together. So let's have some conversation. Like, let's talk. Let's, let's where I'm going to crack you. like a nut. we're going to end up being friends. Um, we, um, would I go to like the coffee shop and I try to get into the arts community, which I did. So I met some like really cool people from there. So it was just a matter of just being intentional with where I was trying to find people and uh, just being a genuine person and just being like, Hey, like I'm new here. I don't know anybody. I'm meeting people like let's follow each other on social. Like let's, let's just talk. Uh, how's your family? Why are you here? Are you from here? Oh, you're not from here. Where are you from? And I think just building that, that genuine connection with people really helped me find a lot of friends in Colorado. So now if I ever move back, I won't feel like a, uh, um, a, a fish out of water. Like I'll fit in mm. and have my people and have an, a bigger opportunity to, to meet more people. Um, so that's, that's kind of the, the short winded. <laughs> version yeah. of how I bet people. <laughs> What's your um what is it with the arts that you are interested in or that you do? I don't think we've yeah, talked about this. Um, so I kind of do a little photography, like a little bit. My wife is a photographer, so that's just like her thing. So I picked it up along along the way. And she was like, This is how you do this, and this is how you use manual, and this is what lighting you're looking for, and here's your aperture and your f-stop, and blah, 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 blah. Speaking um, my language. <laughs> yeah. Um, y'all would be really good friends. Uh, because that's like that's her thing. She was she was like, I'll never use auto um uh, until like as long as I'm alive on this earth. And I was like, Wow, you're you're really deep in there. Okay, cool. Um, but you no, know, on, on a serious note, she would just teach me about like why things are the way they are and different styles and why you shoot certain ways in buildings and why you shoot certain ways outside and what kind of conditions you're looking for and why harsh sunlight is bad and it's still hard to shoot in harsh sunlight if you if you know what you're doing and you can't really edit it in post kind of and the limitations of editing it post and it's a whole thing um it is a whole so thing it, it's a whole thing you know that well mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah um so Photography was one step. Uh, I do music. So uh, I was looking for somebody to do a music video. So I really wanted to get to know the person who would be shooting that. And so I met this really cool couple and uh, we hung out and got coffee and talked and got to know each other. And um, you go into different venues, like to have a vintage theater where they show vintage movies at. So I found myself there often. And that's kind of my tribe anyways, because I was going through my, my, uh, 
hipster phase at the time. So a lot of boots, a lot of jeans, a lot of uh, plaid button button ups, um, a lot of bracelets, a lot of <laughs> the opposite of what you saw at Belvoir. Yeah, we all um, had our we all had our 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 times and our trends and our <laughs> moments that we might want to forget about what we were wearing. It's all good. Yeah, and now I'm just way too tired to put all that that effort into clothing at this point. It's like sweatpants, V-neck T-shirt, hoodie. Like that's yeah. pretty much all you're gonna get out of me at this point, unless I'm going to like the Met Gala or something. Um, Let me know if you end up going there, because you know, I don't really think they're just like handing out invitations. Yeah, <laughs> you will be the first person I tell. Yes. Um, in twenty, probably like forty-two, when I finally work up enough street cred to. Well, hey, you're putting it out there. You're putting it out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I was just, I was just going into all my passions and interests and just trying to find people. So started with hashtags, then it would start with venues, and then essentially just going to the venues and just talking to the people behind the bar and the baristas, and um, that's I, I feel like that's where you find your most information. Because yeah. usually, right. you know, Reese's... going to places you like to be, like things you like to do, you're going to find people that are like minded. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a couple of classmates that I discovered were out there. And it was so it, it just started kind of building organically. I feel like anywhere that you go, you can always find at least one person that you have at least a, like a loose connection to that you can connect with and, and get to know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's all it takes. And then it can, it can, trickle from there trickle yep um anything else about bravery um yeah (laughs) i think parenthood was also one of the things that i think took a lot of bravery because uh just being transparent and if my parents listen to this sorry y'all but um i grew up in a very dysfunctional house and it's still very dysfunctional so being in you know, being married and then deciding to have a, a child, um, but not really having anything to base it off of in terms of what does functional look like, what does normal look like was hard. And it was one of those things where I didn't think I was ever going to be ready to have a child um, ever. I didn't think I was going to be a capable father because I didn't really have the best, um, like, well-rounded parenting. I didn't know if I was going to be capable of providing um, because, you know, I just saw my parents work jobs that they didn't really care about or they learned to trade and just stuck with it. So I didn't think I could ever make a living off of something I'm actually passionate about. So I didn't think I could be a good provider. And uh, more than anything, like I didn't really grow up with a lot of affection either. So it's still something I struggle with to this day. Like I don't necessarily like a lot of physical contact. Like I don't like hugs. I'm learning Sorry. to get past that. Um, <laughs> I'm getting past it. So I will, ex- I, I accept hugs now. Um, and I don't hold it uh, like against people like I would maybe when I was a, a teenager, um, because I understand like that's a, a genuine form of connection and like relationship building. And it's what you do with people that you care about. And so I was like, how am I going to display affection? Like, am I capable of doing all of these things? And now just where i am now um i actually don't mind hugs from certain people that i genuinely care about (laughs) (laughs) um or friendships that i just established because i think that really like 
locks in a good friendship like that hug like it, it's like okay we we are in a different space than just like talking and chatting and just being like okay bye yeah right <laughs> yes um so hugs played an, an, an important role um so I'm, I'm a lot less like oh don't touch me now um certain people get your filthy hands off me but you know for the most part like for instance a great example is like this strange escapes crew they're all huggers every single one of them uh tenny is more of a hugger than i thought he was mm. um we 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 had like five hugs had to be like and i was okay because like genuine connection had been built like so across the board like amy's a hugger sarah's a hugger aaron is a hugger adam i i'm pretty sure i got a hug from adam too mm. <laughs> <laughs> you're a hugger as i've just now recently learned um <laughs> yep <laughs> i think I, um, well i before i left because i left super early before other people and i said to you i go i want to hug you before i leave like yep. I, and yep. i did because i there are certain people that we come across in life that we we do we feel this deep connection with and it's a feeling of like being seen being heard yeah I, I get what you mean too. It's like a good form of validation that for right. uh, a good form of validation that the bond that you created was like legitimate and that it's a bond that's going to continue. It's like a, if for me now understanding, you know, affection a little bit differently, it's like a starting off point, but also like a, I will see you again kind of point too. It's a, it's like a, I don't know. It's just like that the, the human touch aspect is very important. And so um going into you know going into parenthood i didn't have hugs like my parents didn't ever like kiss me or handshake my hand or you know dap me up or anything so i was very scared um the first time when my wife was like yeah so uh we're gonna have a kid and i was just like oh, 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 oh god yay but also oh no um but that has changed now it has made me a better person it's made me more responsible for people not just my family it's made me more intentional uh it's made me more organized it's made me more caring it has kind of like i mentioned opened me up to being willing to accept displays of affection i'm not necessarily at the point where i offer hugs but i would definitely accept hugs um and just realizing how important that is and then seeing just kind of my child grow up now how capable i am despite not knowing anything and like we plan to have a kid but when she told me like that's when reality set in so it's like okay i got to be brave and courageous and even though i'm fearful of changing this diaper or knowing how to know when uh my daughter's sick or you know caring for her or you know making sure that i'm being the best that i can be like it just made me better and i'm glad that i took that step and uh now i'm so happy to have a child that's yeah. uh, <laughs> a little version of me now did it just come naturally when your daughter came into your life that you felt a love that you didn't know you had inside of you like how does one i mean we're all our own unique human but for someone who didn't have that and didn't know that and didn't feel the love from a parent like where did you find that to give to your daughter did it just come naturally i mean also i want to give credit to your wife because she 
she probably wouldn't have decided to have a child with you if she thought you were so incapable of loving or providing or just being a good parent to a human yeah and i i think you 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 probably know that too because uh leo's similar um so yes uh i think I think she knows that it's something I've actively worked on. I'm not like a sociopath or anything where I'm just like, I feel nothing. I feel nothing. Don't touch me. I'm, I'm a sociopath and uh, I will fake all of my emotional responses to you so that you can feel something. I'm not a sociopath. Uh, That's good. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just struggled with it. And so it's just one of those things where she kind of just accepted that and, and knowing my, my like parents not breaking, I think there's that level of empathy, which is also something that leos have quite a bit of um so I, I i do agree with that i think she knew that i was capable as well even if i didn't really see it in myself at the time um of of finding that and working on it plus like i am legitimately actively working on it all the time um because sometimes like i misplace affection i'm like oh this is a good time to show affection and she's like do not touch me don't look my way <laughs> don't even um, think those thoughts <laughs> i see what you're thinking yeah. that's dumb stop that um so there's that but i think um it really came naturally i i can honestly say that there's just like something that happens when like your child is there and you realize how much they need you that kind of flips the switch and honestly i've seen the best parts of me come out after my my child was born um I would not have started creating content if it was not for my daughter being born. And I can holistically say that because I looked at her and said, I don't want you to ever feel like you need to stuff your gifts inside and not uh, actually utilize them or or have them nurtured. So I'm going to do what I can for you so that when you get of age and you're understanding and you're 16, you can look back and say, wow, my dad has been, for lack of a better term, working his ass off for 16 years of my life, or now I'm I'm 28, or for 28 years of my life, expanding and exploring his gifts. So like, I have no reason that I shouldn't be courageous and, and do that sooner. Um, and plus, I just wanted to make sure she like had food on her plate too. There's a switch that just flips. And I was like, okay, if I I, I struggle with affection, well, I'm gonna have to get past that. And I'm just gonna have to take the next step and make sure that she feels the love that I did not get. So we also decided to gentle parent her as well, which is hard because my only upbringing that I know when it comes to the discipline is like whoopings. Like that's all we got. There was no like, real course correction it's more so like do wrong you get whooped do right you don't get whooped and i also felt like that's not fair and that also probably directly contributes to my struggles with affection to be completely honest because when my parents had an opportunity to show me a different type of affection i would get whooped you know and i didn't i don't want her to go through that too so it was like i don't it's a weird switch that gets flipped um as a dad that makes you just want to do things entirely different than what you had been doing. And it makes you more selfless, or at least it should, in my opinion, the real sociopaths are those who can have kids and just look at them and just be like, man, I'm going to do whatever I want. Um, That's scary to me just because of my own personal experience. Um, 
so yeah so i'm a new man because of my daughter like yeah she's the reason why i'm accepting hugs and giving them out like they're candy um (laughs) (laughs) and uh being and i will say this too just to wrap this up she has made me a lot more transparent and vulnerable and being willing to just talk about what i struggle with what i don't struggle with like where i've come from like what i've been through my experiences um and just opening up to people even when i don't really have any reason to Mm. do you did you realize how kind of messed up your childhood was and i'm using that term lightly or loosely you like do whatever you want with that term did you realize that before you had a child or did it just amplify it after you had a child because i thought i had an okay normal upbringing but then once i had children and it doesn't unfold that way because i'm like wait i didn't have this stuff i didn't do this stuff my wait what like so (laughs) what's your perspective on that did you know how messed up your childhood was or were you just or did it just get more messed up to you when you had a child that makes sense yeah it does so honestly um and like i said sorry parents if you're listening to this but uh you know y'all did y'all's best and i'm very grateful and gracious and empathetic towards that but when i had a kid i did realize yeah there's a lot to unpack here there's a lot of stuff i didn't have there's a lot of stuff i needed um i would say a lot of the nurturing for sure is what i, I lacked uh, outside of like just general effect, affection. Um, I, me wearing many hats is like not a new thing at all. Um, of all my siblings, I, I'm directly in the middle too. So there's that whole, uh, <laughs> there's that whole struggle in itself. Mm. Um, but uh, I've never, me having many hats or wearing many hats or being interested in a lot of stuff and um, being like above average at, almost everything I touched besides math um, was not like a new thing. That was something that was always displayed through my childhood. And it's something that I knew about myself, but not having that nurtured um, is something that I realized was like a major part of why I'm exploring so much stuff kind of later in my life, like past the college phase, past, you know, the first career phase. And in this phase now, I don't believe in coincidences. I feel like it had to happen like this because I don't think that I was mentally ready for all of this. But I do realize how how severely it was lacking. And maybe I could have been ready a little bit earlier if I had that nurturing. Um, the other thing is just the expectations for babies. Like seeing how my parents talk about like when they did stuff and how they did stuff. And but now being in that phase like seeing when my daughter's walking when she's growing teeth like when she's able to eat certain foods like how much how much of a mature human that my parents kind of treated infants that weren't there yet developmentally was also kind of like oh well let me like remember that until she's like four or five like she really still doesn't really understand the way the world works at all and and like there's no like malicious intent behind just being a baby so uh i don't need to like drop her off at somebody's house for like a couple days like at at her earliest stage at least for me like for us because that's time that i need to spend with her to to bond and like the skin to skin contact which is also another thing that helped me um 
get out of my whole affection thing because that that's important like they they babies like need that skin to skin to contact with their dads too mm-hmm. um just just the um like leaving like my daughter like really unattended um right. it, it's just little things like that that i realized that i went through um and hearing those stories replay while seeing it ha- like seeing seeing my my child in real time it just it that also flipped the switch so there's been a, a lot of unpacking that i've been doing with my childhood since she's been here so um and therapy has also helped too mm-hmm. um very important uh everybody go and uh get that therapy it's it's the most important thing you can do with your insurance besides like go to the doctor yes. um <laughs> yes. so that was um it's been a journey have you ever talked to your parents about this? Do you plan to talk to your parents about it? I'm just curious. Like, your take yeah. on that. Um, I've always been kind of the outspoken child. So long story short, I really am kind of the black sheep of the family just because I'm so different from my other siblings. Uh, I'm the only one who's kind of went off and did their own thing and stopped taking the advice of my parents at, a, at an earlier age. Uh, they do not like that. Uh, so now like when we get together and now they've kind of accepted, okay, Josh is just going to do what he's going to do. And we need to just accept that. I do tell them more stuff now, like, Hey, like that's not cool. Or, Hey, like, I wish you could have done that more. Or, you know, when they're in real time, when their situations, I'm like, yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. Um, this is why here's, here's why you shouldn't do that. And then just talk to them. So sometimes they can be able to stand offish and stubborn because it's like, I'm your parent. I raised you. Um, and there's just some stuff I just, I'm going to just keep to myself because I know that they aren't in the place to actually receive it. So it's, it's hard. Cause I want to, I want to tell them like, Hey, like y'all are, y'all try your best to be good people, but this action that you do, or this way that you said this about this certain group of people is like not cool. And that's one thing I will be, I am on them about. So when they say like crazy stuff, I'm like, Hey, no, we're like, I'm not good with that at all. And you don't need to be either, especially how deeply embedded you are in the church. Like you can't do that. Don't do that. So there are those times where I just straight up just be like, Hey, like, no. Right. (laughs) But you're not going out of your way to be like, let me give you the checklist of all the things that you did wrong that I'm not going to do. Like, obviously we're not doing that, but yeah, there's time (laughs) and place where we can insert ourselves and certain opinions that are that, don't align with our values and yep. can draw a hard boundary of like, no, not cool. And I'm not going to just go along with that. Yeah. It's very value-based. I think sometimes parents kind of put on this persona where they're hard to talk to and some are. So that's another thing. Like I want to make sure that my daughter feels inclined to talk about even the hardest of subjects because she deserves that. And avoiding the issue is how your child ends up making um, a career out of the paranormal. So, (laughs) (laughs) oh, that's how it happens. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, (laughs) now I get it. What makes you feel free? That's that, and I love this question because I think it changes per person. The thing that makes me most free is being just unapologetically just an open-minded person i like i know that's such a cliche answer but honestly in the journey of accepting more things and not 
being so scared of like opening myself up spiritually in particular, um, that makes me feel the most free. I feel like, uh, like exploring things and trying things and trial and error, even though it comes with a lot of failure sometimes that makes me feel the most free because I, I know like I tried this, I was terrified. I did it. I failed, but I'm back. I'm standing up again. There's more things I want to try. Like some, like just the, the, I guess the, the best way I can say this in a way that actually makes sense instead of just word vomit from my head is, um, the exploration of things with nothing attached to the end of it. Um, would that be like saying yes to things or is it only things that you are curious about? Um, saying yes to things. Uh, I haven't told anybody this. <laughs> yes, I love <laughs> so when the, people say this. You were the first person to know this, but um, so I always said that I would never ever stay in a haunted hotel or inn ever, no matter how deep I got into doing the paranormal. I said that I would that would never happen. I would never do that. Um, if somebody asks me, they're gonna get told a big fat no, and they'll never ask me again. And then strange escapes happen. And that I was of all the things I was nervous about, I was most nervous about staying in the Belvoir. I'm I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna lie to you because because of my experiences, like it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know if I want to relive or like have some type of like traumatic response to something that's happened to me in the past. But I said yes. And I said yes. And it gave me one of the most amazing experiences of my lifetime to meet some of the most amazing people that I've met in my lifetime and led me to people like you. And, and that's what, that's when I feel the most free when I'm able to just say yes to things that I am not even necessarily interested in, but just go and just find out. Um, that's usually when I come back with the most life changing opportunities. I didn't know anything about Colorado. I tried to do. Or Colorado, they'll kill me if they hear me. But I say Colorado, so I just got to over. It. Um, <laughs> uh, whoops! I I never even been to that part of the country. Um, we shopped for our, our apartment online, and um, we just went up and we just said yes. And it has that that experience changed my entire life. And so um, I feel my most free to wrap this up in an even better bow when I'm just saying yes to things that. I normally wouldn't or I'm afraid of or I am just not sure about because I feel like you find so much more of yourself uh, or things that you like, things that you don't like, um, things that you can pursue. Um, and it, it and it, you come out on the, the, I don't feel like you can come out on the wrong side of that. Um, I started the paranormal content creation journey off of just saying yes. I made four videos and said, I don't have an end goal for this. Whatever happens, happens. If people like it, I just keep doing it. People liked it. I just kept doing it. And now, like, I have like goals, you know, attached to it, but I felt so much freedom finally be able to share a part of me publicly. And it was all because I said yes to something that I did not see anybody else doing. Um, in general, like, right. Nobody, um, it's nobody does those videos the way that I do them now. And I love that because I was like, I've seen like similar formats, but nobody's going to do Alabama. So I'll do it. I'll just say yes. And if they, you know, do, you know, burn me at the stake, then 
I, I, I was burned at the stake doing something I love. Yes to new things. Yes to old things. Yes to things that, um, without having to put a whole bunch of stipulations or conditions on. Mm. I hear you. I'm going to rebuttal you. Not that everyone has their answer to all these questions and that's there. That's your freedom. I, um, I actually found a new freedom in saying no. Because I am a people pleaser, so I feel like I would say yes to things by default just to make other people happy, but I was actually miserable doing it. So I have found freedom in saying no. You know what? And I'll rebuttal your rebuttal (laughs) by agreeing with you and also adding that to my answer because I am a notorious people pleaser. I am so bad at saying yes to things that I should not say yes to and then being committed and locked in and then realizing, Oh no, but it's too late at this point and I have to go through with it. So I, I will agree with that too. That's mm. a, that's, that's fair. That's very valid. And I'll add that. So saying yes to things with discretion yeah, and saying no to things um, for rest purposes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But I mean, listen, I'm not, again, it's just my, I I write a lot and this is something I, I write about. I've actually, I titled it the year of no, because I was like, how about instead of the year of yes, because I've seen people do like, I'm going to say yes to everything and listen to each their own. That gives me anxiety. Like that's like not my wheelhouse. Like I don't want to try all these things. Like, and if I do want to try something, then I will say yes to it. But if someone wants me to do something and I don't want to do it and I just am trying to please them, first of all, it's not going to please them because I'm going to be miserable doing it. So why? Yep. <laughs> right. Like anyway, yep. but I do appreciate I do appreciate the yes people. Um, but and but yes, I have switched that because I I feel more free by saying no, because then I don't have to do all that. No, that 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 makes sense. And honestly. I think I'm a I'm a very introspective person. So now I'm going to go through what I have said yes to and maybe say some no's and stuff because that's an important part of life too. Like I I definitely see where you're coming from and I relate to that as a people pleaser. Mm. I do. My wife gets on to me all the time about saying yes to things and I'm like I'll enjoy it. Um for instance, this is a great example that I probably should have said no to. So there's this fishing trip that I am going to enjoy. But it's like it's like 30 people and that right there gives me the hives. So um, I'm going to enjoy it because like, I want to go deep sea fishing. I've never done it before. So it's an experience that I'm not, that I, I don't get often, but as it approaches, I realize maybe I should have said no, because I only know like four of the people there. And I love meeting people. I mean, let's be honest. I'm probably going to have the time of my life um, in the middle of the ocean fishing. I, I I probably am. But on the flip side, like I think it's going to be so little rest on that trip that it almost makes me wish that I had said no. So I will agree with you and I'm going to change my answer in real time and you don't have I'm to going change to say, your answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I want to because that that that's actually really good advice too. And that's good advice for me. Like I need I needed to hear that because I am in a and am in a place in my life where I think that I could say yes without discretion more often, more so than I already do. 
And that could lead me down some paths that I don't need to go down to or go down, um, whether it's an opportunity that I need to say no to, or whether it's a person I need to say no to, or whether it's um, even like going into the coffee shop later and someone being like, I want a quadruple um, white chocolate mocha with one of every syrup and be like, okay, sure. You know, and me be like, no, not doing it. Um, so I need that. So yes, with discretion and no, um, because just because I, I can say no. Does not someone actually, press. do people actually <laughs> go in there and ask for that? We do have really strange unhinged requests sometimes. Like sometimes they're like, but are I want they a quad. actually drinking it? Yeah, it's, it's, there are. So what I've learned about coffee shops, like you meet the most interesting people there. And then you also meet people who might potentially stab somebody in a back alley in broad daylight. Like they're, you don't know. You're a coffee shop. People just can walk in and get a coffee. It's, it's, it's kind of so like there are some orders where I'm like, I don't even feel comfortable serving this. I'm going to make this, but are you okay? And how many people are in your basement right now? Because there has to be at least two. Like, I, like they'll be like, I want a quad whatever drink 12 ounce 12 ounce a quad 12 ounce is like that is that is scary first of all 12 ounces is like this big and that's mostly coffee and it's a quad and you know espresso stronger than coffee right right. coffee and then they'll be like and then i want heavy cream and like three flavors and it's just like and it's flavors that don't ever match. It's like lavender, maple, blood orange. And you'd be like, what? Whoa. Why? What? Why? You're and like, I, are you always... on to something that I just don't know about that's amazing? <laughs> or do you have bodies in your basement? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so that's the weird aside. But nonetheless, maybe telling more of those people no and being like, hey, like, like, I know that I'm your local, like, drug dealer because I'm slinging you caffeine, which you are addicted to. But can we, like, tweak this order just a little bit? Maybe, like, I can do, like, three shots and not a quad. Maybe I can use half and half and not heavy cream. Maybe I can put two flavors in here and not three. Um, so, yeah, that that happens more often than, than, than you'd realize. Um, and it's almost daily where somebody comes in with, like, the craziest order that legitimately scares me. There is one person who comes in. I'm not going to say who they are. Um, they always get a 20 ounce and it's always unhinged. And I don't know why they do it. What's unhinged? I, so usually it's like a quad for the 20 ounce, but it's it, they always combine flavors that don't go together. Like, so it's like the same thing that you were kind of just talking about, but it literally is someone that orders this 20 ounce. No, like legitimate. Like I don't, I know, like, I don't know how this drink tastes, but I know it tastes bad. And they, they, they get it frequently. And it's usually like tweaking with the flavors, but it's usually the same type of order. And it's very scary. And then I see them come in and I'm like, I might call the cops on you. Maybe. Like, <laughs> so please don't say no to that person because they seem scary. I'm not sure what their response is going to be. So I was talking about saying no to things that you want or don't want to do. Not to your customers because <laughs> they're paying. Yeah, yeah. But all, all in all, they seem like a really nice person. Their orders just really scare me sometimes. Mm. Um, 
and I'm grateful for their business. So right. this is not to it all sociopaths are welcome at the coffee shop. Sure. Um but yeah, so yeah. say no more. Say no. <laughs> say no more. <laughs> what do you know to be true? Um so this is something I've been big on this year. What I know to be true is that the energy that you give is energy that you're going to get back 100% of the time. Um, so, you know, jokes aside and sociopaths aside, um, the intentions that, that, that you set on what you do, uh, do matter. And the sowing and reaping principles is, is a, a legitimate life principle. So what I know to be true besides death and taxes is that being a good person is always worth the effort and being a, a, a bridge builder for good energy is always worth it. Being a facilitator of good energy is always worth it. And approaching things with the other person in mind is always worth it. So uh, I'm just, just and, and I've seen that principle play out like in life and I've seen it play out in the afterlife as well. Um, who you are absolutely determines the world around you. And many people don't, I guess, see it that way sometimes. And um Oh, and here's the second thing that I know to be true. How you treat people in the food service industry <laughs> does display portions of character that could be tweaked. Totally. Uh, um, yeah. So that that's that, those are the two things that I know to be absolutely true. Um, you are going to become the person that you give out to people as well. So that's always something that, that that I like to keep in mind. So even on the hard days and even when people come in and say, hey, like I want this quiet 12 ounce um, with all these random assortment of flavors and throw some lemonade in there with this latte too. Um, me being like, okay, like, all right. You do how's you. Your day? <laughs> yeah, you do you. You're like, how's your day? You know, I hope you enjoy it. You know, what, what brings you over here and like still engaging with that person as best as I can is going to matter because I wouldn't get to drink but I could still leave them better than the way that they came and, you know, jokes aside, serve them something that they want and leave them and say, Hey, you know, I got this really good latte lemonade and um, I'm now happy. You say that like, it's like a normal thing. This latte lemonade. <laughs> oh man. It's not normal at all, but no, I know, you know that is like, it's making me want to vomit. It's like, sounds like something that would curdle, but whatever. Um, okay, so I usually ask everyone, usually, if they've ever had a paranormal experience. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not forcing you to tell any stories you don't want to tell, but have you ever had a paranormal experience? Yeah, I've had a lot of them. Um, I'll actually, I'll lead off with the bad one, and I'll lead off, actually, I'll lead off with two bad ones, and then I'll lead off with a, a good one. Great. Uh, and then end off with a good one. Great. Um, so first story, these first two stories actually happened around the same time. I believe they're actually in the same like 24 hours, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, if not, they were like two days apart at most. Um, so long story short, I was in college. I was going through a really rough time. Um, I like was going through like just I look back now and I can tell that it was like just depression um and I, I didn't know what was happening like school was bad um i had probably my i so i had a 1.7 that's how bad school was for me 
I just was not transitioning from high school to college. Well, uh, I was on probation. I was like, they're going to kick me out of school. Um, this was before I found communications and I had gone through like really rough, like relationship thing. That's the best way I can describe it. It wasn't like a, like it was a relationship thing. Um, I didn't really have a lot of friends at the time. I kind of isolated myself too. So I was just lonely and just in a bad place. I was staying with my brother in this, what I now think was a very haunted apartment at this point, because there's just certain things that happened in that apartment that can't explain and certain feelings and energies and stuff passing there all the time. And I was staying in his, his guest middle bedroom. I was living in with him and I went to sleep after watching like a ton of office. It was the only thing that I knew that would really kind of like lift my spirits enough for me to go to sleep. So I think I'd watched like the entire, it had to be like the second season or so. And I went to bed and just had that feeling. Anytime I go to bed and have that feeling, I always know something paranormal is about to happen. It's a certain feeling that I always get. Some people have it. It's just uh, a knowing um, where it's like, I'm going to either have sleep paralysis or like just uh, something. So I had the feeling and I was like, well, great. I guess I'm going to go to bed and find out what it's going to be throughout the night. Um, it had to be like two o'clock in the morning. I like slowly transition into waking up. So my eyes are still closed. I realize that I'm awake now and that feeling is there. I wake up and, uh, I open my eyes and, um, the moment that I open my eyes, I see this like gigantic black mass beside my bed. It's a noticeable black black mass because there's a bookshelf that was right beside my bed. So I had enough room to like get out the bed and like if I wanted to grab a book, it was right there. And it was covering that. And I look at it and I don't know if I scared it or if it was like watching over me, which is also terrifying to say in hindsight. Um it like darts off the room. And there's a poster on the wall beside the the bookcase. And it has like the, you know, the, the tacks that have, that are flat. So you have to like really get something to like pry it out. Yep. Um, it ripped the poster off the wall. The tacks came out of the wall and didn't fall on the floor, but came out like out of the wall and flew a couple feet. And this thing like ran around the bed and out of the room and i was like what just happened i don't know what this was i like i don't know what it was this day it was bad i know that um and i looked at like the post it was completely ripped and there was no air there were no air vents where i was there was nothing that could have pulled this poster off the wall with this and it has four thumbtacks on it too so it was very secure um I was petrified. That's the best way I could describe that. Absolutely petrified. I turned on all the lights. I did not go to sleep for the rest of that, that night. Um, at this time, I was like more into my, you know, Christianity in terms of like my mom had given me some like oils that, that were prayed over and what I now call charged up because that's what it is. The same thing you do with crystal, the same thing you do with oil, sure. uh, charged up. And so I was like, Oh no. Oh no. So I had never used it at this point. 
I took it out and I was like, oh no, I'm getting, I'm tearing this room up. There's no, this is not going to happen again. Um, and yeah, turn on all the lights, uh, open the windows, turn the TV up, got the brightest show I could find, uh, close the door. And I just pretty much camped out on my bed for the rest of the night. The next day, uh, my brother went, I had no sleep. I was exhausted. This had to be at maybe two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I was just exhausted because I didn't sleep at all that night. I went to bed really late too. So I probably got like an hour or so of sleep. Um, also while being hyper depressed and also sorry, this story is so long. Um, also being kind of like hyper depressed too. Um, I was laid on the couch watching TV. Um, I fell asleep and then I wake up and again at the front door of the apartment, there's like this figure. Um, it was kind of translucent, I guess this is the best way I can describe it. And I was like, am I dreaming? Cause I had just woken up again and it was like slowly coming towards me. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, it was slowly coming. And now once again, like petrified, I'm terrified. I don't know what's happening. And I just remember being like, just yelling out like, God, I need you like right now to protect me. And it kind of has a better ending. So I'm slowly transitioning to the, the good story. You're um, good. You're good. I, um, I just feel like this warmth, like almost like a hug is the best way I can describe it. Like just cover me. And it felt like I, it, that, once again, is one of those things that I cannot describe unless you like felt it yourself, but it felt like a just warm hug just covered me entirely. And the thing, just like went away and I fell asleep and I kid you not, I did not wake up until the next morning and I finally got all my sleep. And from that point, like my life slowly started like doing an upturn. I made some personal decisions, um, a lot of introspection and just being like, well, that's enough to jar me back to where I need to be uh, in life. Um, couldn't, cannot explain it to this day. Apparently God really showed up for me that day. Or something showed up for me that day that was just really warm and light. I'd like to think it was God. It could have been an angel. It could have been an ancestor. It could have been literally anything. But I feel like it really protected me from whatever was happening during that, like, what I believe to be a 24-hour span. I want to say it ha- this happened, this, the like, honestly, I guess the same day, just a couple hours in between mm. in that 24-hour span. Um, never, I, And now I, I, I've had that warm feeling at different times um and it's like a sensory thing now like i know when like i'm okay and yeah so those are my two paranormal experiences i cannot explain them i don't know what the shadows were what the entities were Uh, i just know they weren't good and they were not for me because i remember the fear that i felt and that's generally those two were usually work hand in hand um and they were also gigantic i like huge uh to the ceiling um were they and the, the last same, school, different? They were different. Hmm. They were and completely different. you were living with your... Yeah, I was living with my brother at the time. Your brother. Did he have any? He was, um, not that he's told me. Okay. So you didn't which, mention that to him when all that happened? I did tell him. And he just kind of like was like, oh, well, that's weird. Well, I'm glad you're okay. He kind of responded kind of weird. I want to say like I thought like it was something that he was doing. At some point, like messing with something. Uh, that was a thought yeah. in your brain that it could have been him, but that that wouldn't make sense, right? Like, because what you yeah. saw wasn't any human. Yeah. 
No, it wasn't. It wasn't human. No, at all. Like they, I know for a fact it was not human. Right. Um, that was one of the few times that I actually felt like I was dealing with like, like a super dark entity or something that could have possibly been demonic at that time. Um, those instances are very rare in my life too, in terms of the 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 whole of paranormal activity. But they're probably the two most profound instances. Um, and I have my one brother, more question like, about that. Um, yeah. Did you say help me God out loud or just in your brain, in your mind? I'm almost positive I said it in my brain. Like, I, I would say that I'm 95% sure because I don't ever remember speaking through any of this, which is also like a theory that I'm also uh, working out on my on my spare time because like to put like force fields and stuff around you, usually it's not spoken, it's more mental. And so I'm realizing that there's something going on that there's a connection going on up here that we just we aren't like fully tapped into yet or like unaware of the connection because like there's no like I mean how are we going to know with your mental state and being able to protect yourself or create things because I know if you can create thought forms then you can should also be able to deflect the thought form or you know protect yourself or give yourself certain um levels of protection or do certain things with your so that, that's a whole thing that's a that's a theory i'm working yeah. out but i'm i'm almost positive i said it in my head mm. because i don't know if i was i i recall being so scared that, i don't remember speaking at all until i talked about it um and um being a little bit too afraid to talk as well yeah um but yeah so that was I was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that happened like within the past decade. Um, and then my last story was I was five years old. I was at a fair. I did not want to see, as I said in my head, the stupid alligator wrestling man at the fair uh, with my siblings. So I walked off. Um, I legit said, I don't want to see the stupid alligator wrestling man. It's just an alligator and a dude. Like there's games over here. And all my siblings were like, no, we're going to wait. And I remember the wait time being like an hour for him to come back and do it. So I was like an hour and I was five. So I really didn't know what I was talking about. Um, it was like, I'm not waiting over here. I'm going to go over here and I'm a, you know, so I leave. Like I was a very independent child. So I just straight up left. I was like, I'll go play with by myself. Um, I leave and I, I'm not gone for longer than five minutes. Or at least I don't think I'm gone for longer than five minutes. I go back to the alligator wrestling man thing where they were supposed to be, where they were in the stands waiting and everybody was gone. My parents weren't there. My siblings weren't there. My cousin wasn't there. I was by myself. Um, and this is my earliest paranormal memory as well. Um, I remember walking around and being terrified. I didn't know. I couldn't find anybody. I walked around the entire fair. I could not find them. I remember this woman who, to this day, my parents told me that I said she was an angel. The police don't remember seeing this person. And I never saw this person's face. All I remember is that a woman, a, a, like, and I remember like, I remember like vague pieces. She was a, a like a caramel skinned black woman. She said, Hey, are you lost? And I said, yeah, I can't find my, my family. And then she said, okay, grab my hand. And I said, okay. And in hindsight, I realized like I could have got snatched up and like taken God knows where, but I remember feeling so comfortable with her. And uh, like I knew her in a way, 
I never saw her face. I actually look back in my memories now. I like, I don't even know if she had a head to be completely honest. Um, but I grabbed her hand and she took me to the police station. Uh, that was like on the, that was on the property for the fair. And I turn around and she is gone. And so my parents told me that when they got to the police station, um, they also, the police also gave me a, a Coke and a pack of Skittles. I remember that too. I tore both of those up like in real time and some crackers, uh, the little cheese crackers that are orange yeah. it destroyed them. Um, <laughs> when my, my, my parents told me that when they got there, they talked to the officer and like how I got there and they were like, yeah, he just came up here. And I was like, no, like a, a lady brought me here and grabbed my hand and everything. And the police said they never saw anybody. So to this day, I believe that an angel or an ancestor came and found me at a time where like I legitimately could have been snatched up. And this was the nineties too. So like, nineties were a rough time for missing children. Um, and to this day, I, I believe I, I still fully am convinced that an angel came and, and like brought me to that police station because nobody saw her, but me. And I don't recall. And she did not have a head. That I remember seeing. Yeah. I remember her shoulders down and her hand. Mm-hmm. And like being eye level with her hand, which is also kind of weird too, because that means that she had to be really tall. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. So that's uh that's my first paranormal or what I think is a paranormal experience that I've had um ever. Wow. Do your parents know how long you were missing for? Was there like a time slip there or something? Because you felt like it was five minutes, you went back and no one was there, or was it just your five-year-old brain not under like paying attention to time or not knowing time? Um, I so there's like a phenomenon that happens with uh with children when they get lost. Um, I remember looking it up, uh, maybe like a almost a, a year ago or so. It's like a strange phenomenon that happens where children, um, don't see faces sometimes when they're being like helped um it's like a whole thing so i don't want to like lie but there's a phenomenon that happens with being with children um at that age um and time as well it was like a it's a it's weird it's very strange with the time thing because i was apparently gone for a long time and i remember it feeling like hours like when i was looking but then i remember it being really short when they're coming to get me when she grabbed my hand so it's like there was something there was something there. I don't know what it was. And I could have just been a kid who was misplaced and was like really scared. And it's like now I can't find anybody and only like three minutes or so I passed. Um, but I do remember the entire alligator man show, like the wrestling show, happened. And that was like a 45 minute show. Mm. Um and you remember so I was going the Skittles and the crackers and the coke yeah. Or, yeah, like you remember those things. So why wouldn't and it, it honestly it felt like I will say when I went back to the alligator thing, like they were gone, gone. And I was like, how are they gone so fast? Because I just walked off. Mm. Um, and it was like a whole new group of people. Like the bleachers were clear. And so I don't know. Well, thanks for sharing those stories. I know um, sometimes it's not easy to talk about stuff like that. It's super vulnerable and personal and. I know that people receive the paranormal in different ways and what that means yeah. to them. 
kind of talked about that in the beginning. Um, but yeah, I just really want to thank you. I clearly we we were meant to be friends. Like we connected immediately upon chatting and just everything we have in yeah. common. Especially your wife, who's a fellow Leo, and I need to meet her. <laughs> so tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah. Um, if you like me and have tolerated me this long, um, despite my sociopath comments and copy comments and um, being calling a nut. myself a nut and, and <laughs> being like, yeah, I kind of don't like affection sometimes. So if you've been able to tolerate me for, for that long uh, and you actually find me interesting um, and want to talk or just engage with me or whatever, you could find me everywhere at Joshua Darren. That's D-A-I-R-E-N, Joshua Darren, literally everywhere. Uh, because it used to be a couple of different names and then I made it one to make it easy for everybody. So you type it in and you think I'm there. I probably am. Follow me. Uh, send a message. Send me stories. Um, and uh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Josh. This is lovely. And it's not going to be the last time. Um, I know that for sure. So I believe that. Yeah. Well, have a wonderful rest of your day. And um, yeah. See you soon. All right. You too. All right. Bye, Josh. Bye. Another fabulous human in the books. Thank you so much, Josh, for sharing your stories and for being here. I really appreciate it. And I know the listeners are going to appreciate it too. So go check out Josh. All his information will be listed in the show notes. And don't forget, if you have not already, to follow the show. They're just human. And give us a like and a rating and review. It really does help the channel. Happy 4th of July to everyone celebrating. And please be safe. We'll see you next time. Be well.